0: I'm Lucy Winkett, I'm Rector of St James's Church in Piccadilly, here in central London. For Faith by Numbers, I'd like to do the number seven, as Jesus spoke seven last words from the cross. If you put together everything that the four Gospels say that Jesus said when he was hanging on the cross, then there are seven phrases. They're called the seven last words, but they're not just one word, they're short phrases. But it's essentially, what does a dying man say? And last words are important for anybody. And for Christians, they're especially important from Jesus. Some of the seven last words are just about an individual, like I thirst. So it's describing what's happening. And others of them are about other people. So for Christians, that's a very important thing, that while this person is coming to the end of his life, he prays to God and says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He's talking about the soldiers who are crucifying him. There's another one that is similar to that. Jesus is on the cross and he sees his mother called Mary and he sees another of his followers called John. And so he says to them, woman, take your son and son, take your mother, as it were. So he's saying to John, would he now look after his mother? But he's also, again, focused on creating something new, or a new relationship, even in the midst of this turmoil and distress and pain. The Christian theologian, Gustavo Gutierrez, did quite a lot of work on these seven last words, and what he said is that the fact that Jesus said anything at all from the cross is part of its teaching so you can focus on what he said but the fact that he says anything at all means that for christians it's really important to speak out when you see suffering or when you yourself are suffering and not just to take it i guess one of the most accessible ways to express this today is probably with musicians because there's lots of examples where people are in a really tough situation and they sing or they find a way to kind of let it out somehow. And, you know, the blues tradition is all about that. So singing it out is similar to Jesus speaking on the cross, this creative moment at a time of desolation. So I was working as a priest in the early days of women priests at a cathedral, and there was lots of opposition to women being priests. So there was lots of hassle, there was lots of press, there was lots of... Mm -hmm pressure on me personally a lot of pressure and i became a bit of a symbol for the opposition to women taking these positions in the church so i was in in the newspapers a lot and all that i felt terrible and every time i had to go out and be very public i just thought this is awful and one of my roles at the cathedral was to sing the eucharist on a sunday morning and the amazing thing for me personally, was that no woman had ever sung this in 900 years of the cathedral's history because all the monks had been men and all the choir were still all men and all the priests were men and the choristers were all boys. So there were no women's voices in this situation at all. And so I found it quite hard to sing. I had trained as a singer before I was ordained, so I kind of had some tools in my toolkit to do it. But if I think back to that time, which was probably about three years in duration, when it was really tough, I just had to keep going back and standing behind the altar and standing in the choir uh, stalls and really sing, sing it out. As we offer you this, our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving... And I look back at it, that's what I remember and that's what I'm thankful for, feeling very lonely and feeling isolated feeling that the church was just not up for women priests at all didn't want me there and my response to it was to sing who and, who and, in who in and you can hear this program again and find other editions of things unseen at www.thingsunseen.co.uk Forever.